This is Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice, where I tell you you have absolutely no case. Oh, here is a fun lawsuit. Uh, Three of the nation's biggest drug manufacturers are suing the Trump administration to block a rule that would force them to put the price of their drugs in TV advertising starting this summer. One of the things that uh, Donald Trump did when uh, he was running, campaigning for president, he says, I'm going to do something about the high cost of pharmaceutical drugs. And he actually and the administration has actually done exactly that. And that is push for this particular bill, a particular rule. And what it says is when they do the TV commercial and, you know, half the commercial are disclaimers, Uh, you know, you'll get liver cancer. You'll never be able to breathe again. Uh, Your genitals will fall off. Oily stools, uh, chance of death, you know, what all that stuff they do. So what the Trump administration said was, guess what you also get to do is to put the retail price of drugs at the bottom. And these drug makers, Merck, Eli Lilly, Amgen, the big, some of the biggest ones, are suing that that not happen, arguing that that would mislead consumers because insurers often cover the bulk of a drug's cost. So not necessarily everybody has to pay that amount of money. Wow. Well, here is a quick one. Here's a retail price of the drug. And one line underneath it saying insurers may pay a portion or all of this drug. That's it. Conversation over. No one can be misled. And in a statement, oh, God, I love this. Merck, uh, who has a cancer drug, which is insanely costly, uh, this is a statement by Merck. We believe the new requirements may cause patients to decide not to seek treatment because of their perception they cannot afford their medications. Okay, let me repeat. The cost of this drug may be covered by insurance in part or all. All right. That's all you have to add. And then they have their own uh, programs. AstraZeneca, for example, uh, has uh, see if you can if you qualify for 10 bucks a month or whatever. And some of these. And here is the problem. During the course of the treatment, you're going to see. And if this goes through, if the uh, lawsuit fails, which it will, uh, you're going to see prices on those drugs that are going to stun you, even to the point, I think where a lot of these drug manufacturers aren't even going to go on TV. Well, maybe they will, but uh, I guess, you know what? They have an argument. Uh, The new requirements may cause patients to decide not to seek treatment because of their perception they can't afford their medications. So, for example, $8,000 a month is not unusual for a drug to be retail price. And let's say you don't have insurance. Well, yeah, you're not going to get that drug, but whatever happened to transparency? Well, In the world of uh, pharmaceuticals, you don't want transparency. You don't want people to know. And there are some medications that can run $20,000 for a course, $100,000, but that's where insurance kicks in. And uh, otherwise, uh, people would never, ever be able to afford it. Let's go ahead and take some phone calls. All right, Sean. Hello, Sean. Hello. Yes. I have a question about, um, I purchased a uh, home gym equipment from a retail store. Yeah. And I paid for them to have it professionally installed. Um, This was back in 2006. 
the gym doesn't get used a lot, but I've come to realize just recently that they installed it improperly. Mm. One of the one of the parts is worn out because of it. Yes. Um, and if they installed it properly, it would have been fine because it would have gone over a pulley instead of over a piece of bare metal. Okay. Bare metal ro- rolled, uh, wore through a part. They're saying, hey, it's been too long. And right. I thought. What's, I your, thought since, what's your question? Since it was professionally installed, don't is there a time limit on? There certainly it is. Right? It's called the statute of limitations, and it's four years. Thank you very much. Okay. <laughs> uh, there we go. It was only 13 years ago. And since it was professionally installed, can I go after him for 13 years later? Why, of course you can. How about 20 years later? You bet. Well, what happens if my kids inherit this 40 years from now? Absolutely. You just go for it. Oh, hey, Huey. Yes, sir. Yes, what can I do for you? Uh, yes, I'm an, an Amazon online seller, and uh, lately uh, my ghost competitors have been buying my uh, item just to leave negative feedback. Uh, basically, they bought the item and then had it uh, sent to random addresses in within the U.S., you know, and then left me negative feedback. Okay, have you contacted Amazon? Yeah, that- no help because... Uh, well, the, good luck. Uh, okay. Yeah, okay, so uh, they're not helping you. Okay, call. so yeah. they're not helping you. Now, do you know who your ghost competitor is? No, I don't. Well, if Amazon won't help you and you don't know who the ghost competitor is, where do you think we're going to go with that, Huey? Uh, well, I have been contacting the recipient, uh, recipient and uh, uh, they uh, stated that they didn't make the purchases, so I going to send them an affidavit for them to okay, sign. Okay, wait a minute. They and, they said they didn't make the purchase? Uh, yes. So someone is using their name as, a, as yes. a purchaser? Yes. And then giving you a bad review? Yes. And Amazon is not helping you with that? No, because every time I call, it's just uh, some third... Huey, Huey, I've got a question. If Amazon is going to ignore that, even with affidavits, where are you going to go with that, Huey? Well, I didn't need. Well, I didn't send it to Amazon yet because I still need to get the affidavit. Okay, then you get the then then you get the affidavit. So far, you're doing a good job. So, what's your question, Huey? Well, I'm trying to. Avoid going to the uh, judge and get a uh, well. You know, yeah, no. Good stuff luck. Stuff like By that. the time you get in front of a judge, you're out a lot of money, my friend. Exactly, I, actually, you're not you my know, friend, but my. <laughs> well, I met you. But, oh, uh, that makes me feel okay. Now friends. we're now we're friends. <laughs> so, yeah. And that was yeah. what twelve thousand people ago. All right, Huey, uh, you are doing everything you can at this point. You get the affidavits. Yeah. You send it to Amazon. And if Amazon will not help you and you don't know who the ghost competitor is, your only choice is to sue Amazon. Now, uh, no, I can because why not? Amazon have the arbitration that I can. Ah, them, so you so. go to arbitration. So, Huey, you go yeah. to arbitration with Amazon. And I don't want to because they're going to kick me off. That is correct. They're going to yeah. kick you off. And on top of that, they're going to kick your ass in arbitration because their lawyers make $1,000 an hour and they've got 10 of them uh, that are going to fight your case. So uh, all you can do is send them the affidavit and hope it works. I don't know what else to tell you, Huey. Well, I was thinking having my lawyer sue the uh, John Doe got uh, ghost. I agree. No, oh, I, I couldn't agree. Yeah. And who is that person? Because once you serve him or her, how do you find that person? 
Well, my lawyer say that, you know, it's going to be John Doe in order for us to get the IP address. Okay, oh, all right. So if you can get the IP address, so it's not going through the Ukraine. So, uh, Huey, your lawyer uh, obviously knows a lot more about this than I do. So what is your question to me, Huey? So my question is that, is that the right way to go? Yes, it's it's absolutely the right way to go. I should have answered that. You should have said, hey, is this the right way to go? Yes, and that conversation would have been over. Uh, hello, Carlos. Hello, Bill. How are you? Uh, fantastic. What can I do for you? Okay, I have a, I have a question. I have a friend, number one, that lent money to a friend, number two. And number two uh, signed a uh, letter that was notarized, and he only paid about half of it. Okay. So what, can I, what can my friend do? Pay, uh, he's going to sue him. How much are we talking about, Carlos? We're talking about, I think it's between fifteen hundred and two thousand. Yeah, that's a, that's a small claim suit, Carlos. Have you been listening to the show any amount of time? Uh, yes, sir. You have, and uh, would you know? Would you have known I was going to say small claim suit? I was wondering what you were going to tell me. I figured that that would be, but that is it, is Carlos. There, why would you? Is there, a, is is there, there what? A time limit on? Yes, yes, there is. Four years. When did this happen, Carlos? Oh, this happened over that. How that's how many years? How many years ago, Carlos? Probably a little over five years. Yeah, your friend is screwed. Tell him congratulations. This is Handle on the Law. Welcome back to KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Bill Handle here. This is Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice. David. Hello, David. Welcome. Hello. How are yes. you doing today? Go ahead. I listen to you every day. Okay, uh, excellent. As well you should. What can I do for you? We, Me and my wife have been uh, separated now for two and a half years. We're going to get a divorce, but she keeps putting it off. In the state of California, isn't it 50-50 when you get a divorce? Yes. All your property and stuff? Yes. And by the way, guess because she's putting it off doesn't mean you have to put it off. You can file yeah, and have it done without her. Well, she has to know about it, but you can have it done without her. Uh, her getting involved. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to get divorced, get divorced. I don't know why you're okay. waiting for her. File for divorce. Well, I'm not waiting on her. I'm just waiting on having enough money to do that. Oh, well, you go. If, if it's a simple one, how much money are we talking about that you're uh, dividing 50-50? What are you, what are you dividing? Uh, probably, her, probably the house. Okay. And her retirement from her work because she's a nurse. And... Uh, I don't know if the uh, trust that her mother left her. Would no, be that's hers. That. No, that's hers. Yeah. Uh, how long okay. were you married, David? 22 years. Oh, yeah. And there's a good retirement there. Yeah, probably. And the house. Yeah. How much is the house worth? Uh, 360000 there Is there a mortgage? Uh, yes. How but big a mortgage? Just, uh, I think it's only two forty. All right. So sure. you've got. All right. So you have uh, 110 minus uh, the cost of it. So you have uh, almost $100,000 going there or $90,000. And then half of uh, the uh, uh, half of uh, the retirement. Um, yeah, yeah, that's probably yeah. You're probably going to need a lawyer for that, David, uh, because okay. yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, you're going to, but it shouldn't be that expensive to hire a lawyer. I, I'd go to handleonthelaw.com, and you want one of the uh, uh, lawyers who do family law. Uh, because it's while it's simple, there's going to be an argument as to the value of that retirement plan. And uh, you're when you start doing that, you're way, way out of uh, out of your league. Just in arguing that portion of it. 
Uh, hello, Jason. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Last year, I filed a small claims uh, suit against a guy, and I prevailed in court, and I won. Okay, you're um, not. A, are you on a speaker uh, speakerphone, Jason? Yeah. Oh, you wouldn't do that. Why don't you pick up the receiver? I'm driving. Oh, okay. Well, then you're on. Then you're on hand, uh, Bluetooth. Okay. All right. So uh, last year, you prevailed on a small claims court, right? Correct. Since then, the guy's notified me he has an attorney and he's going to appeal. Okay, okay well, wait, wait a second. Has it been longer than 30 days? He filed the, the appeal within 30 days. Okay. And so he has an attorney. Uh, and uh, by the way, he can't uh, bring an attorney to another small claim suit. He's going to have to kick it up. So he hires an attorney. Uh, big deal. So what's your question? So my question? My question is, when I show up for the appeal... Well, yes, the first part, so the attorney won't be there. He shouldn't be, do but even to, if he is, it doesn't matter. Do I have to represent my entire case? Absolutely. Or? It's a new trial, Jason. It's as if the okay. first trial didn't happen. It's called a trial okay. de novo. Okay. It's the same case all over again. Okay, very good. All I'm right, so bring to... everything. And, and here's the good news. I mean, the bad news, you have to relitigate it, and the bad news maybe brings an attorney, and there are all kinds of rules. I don't think you can actually bring an attorney, although maybe on a trial de novo you can. If he kicks it up, you can always kick it up on a countersuit uh, up to Superior Court. Uh, but you've had practice doing the first one around, which is pretty neat. Trina. Hi. Yes, ma'am. Hi, Bill. Um, yeah, my question is. And now you're on a cell phone, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, hold on just a second. Echo off. Echo off. Um, <laughs> I was listening to uh, KFI. All right. Um, Excellent. All right. My question. Um, malpractice medical. Um, my husband had an uh, accident in 92, resulted in two shoulder surgeries and miscellaneous back therapy and such. And um, it was successful, but always... Uh, not as good as he was before. So um, a couple years ago, two and a half years ago, his shoulder started to act up, lots of pain. So he seeked medical attention. And uh, after countless uh, visits and rehab and everything and MRIs, they said, yes, you need shoulder surgery again. So they were revisiting the original injury. Um, and so they went in and redid it. And they said it's pretty much one of the worst shoulders he's ever seen. Uh, it was a torn rotator cuff, but what they found was that the repair that the original surgeon did was tearing through the Ooh. bicep muscle. Oh, okay. And that's why he had all this pain yeah. building up yeah. for the last okay. two and a half years. Sounds like a clear, clear case of medical malpractice, awesome. except for the case that was 15 years ago. Ah, I didn't know if there was a statute. Yeah, there is. And you're past okay. the statute. Yeah, unfortunately, um, uh, you just have to do something horrible to the surgeon. Uh, I mean, that's that's all you can do, something physical. Yeah, he's, he's retired with Alzheimer's. There's nothing more. <laughs> so, you can't, but, so you can't go up to go, hey, remember us? Yeah. Exactly. Look what you did. Yeah. No, there's not much you can do. Also, work. even if that's the case yeah. and he's retired, yeah. uh you know, so what? He can't defend himself. So you're basically, unfortunately, uh, it's one of those uh, you're you're out of luck. And I hate to say that to you. Well, actually, I don't care if I say that to you because it's not me. But still, uh, it's it's a tough one. Uh, this is handle on the law. 
morning and welcome back to handle on the law rose welcome to handle on the law hi rose hi thank you for taking my call okay Uh, my my uncle passed away a few days ago and he did not designate a beneficiary on any retirement or bank account and so now his children are having a difficult time accessing his funds and they need it to pay for burial costs yeah, well, okay, that gets interesting. And uh, because uh, he died without a will, it's an intestacy. And um, you know what? The bank uh, is probably right. My guess is, do any of the kids have any money at all to pay for the burial expenses? And they're doing some GoFundMe where we're all contributing at this point. Okay, because whoever puts up the money gets the money back. I mean, don't worry about that, Rose. Uh, that's easy because the first thing uh, the estate goes uh, to pay, no matter what, uh, are burial expenses. Those are at the very, very top of the list. And I don't uh, know if there's a bank account, and there may be a rule that said, here is the death uh, certificate, and we need this money uh, to bury uh, my uncle. Have you called the bank, by the way? Um, no. Okay. The children have. All right. Know, Call. Here's the first thing, because I, I think there has to be an avenue by which uh, if you show a death certificate and you show that you're a family member and you're saying, you know, I'd rather not have Uncle Rot out there on the sidewalk uh, and we got to bury him, I think money can be released or should be released. And if not, then you have um, a uh, uh, then you have a situation where people, what, just put up the money and get paid back. How much money do does your uncle have in all those accounts? I don't know, to be honest with you. Okay, but that's that's what you do. Also, what I would do is uh, call the bank and threaten that you're going to park your uncle outside of the bank, right there on the sidewalk. <laughs> yep. And um, hopefully it's in the summer. That. That'll get him going. <laughs> no, it's been really cold right now. Well, well you see, that um, that doesn't help. You know, that's uh, yeah. that's not nearly as powerful as when it's hot. All right, Rose, right. good luck. Um, one quick, one oh, yes, go uh, ahead. In terms of in the order of next of kin, yes. um, he has an interesting family dynamic where I'm not sure if he's it doesn't matter if he's the dad and whether he's listed or not, someone can claim. And it's, uh, uh, well, it's a question of, uh, okay, let me go back the other way. Uh, what do you mean uh, there's a kid that's not listed as a kid? I don't quite understand that. Different name? Yeah, I don't know if the mother, um, their mother listed my uncle as their father on the birth certificate. Ah, well, so that's going to that's gonna be, and did, and did uh, uncle raise those kids? Yes. Oh, that's yes. fine. You'll be fine. That shouldn't be a problem. Okay. Okay. And if it's not, if that's an issue, who would be the next of kin to him? Would be it would be all the children. Sister? It's the children. Children? That's it. And children and the wife. And a wife if he has one. Okay. And it, then would it be brothers and sisters after that? Or yes. It's that? it's a surviving wife, kids who split it equally. Three kids, they split 50%. Wife gets 50%. This is without a will. And then if uh, the kids aren't around and the wife isn't around, then it starts going down the line. Okay. All right. Uh, hey, Mark. Uh, welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi, Bill. Thanks for the courtesy. Um, Bill, I have a 20 year old, uh, 21-year-old daughter. She has two children, and um, she recently has gone into a, a, a spell of, uh, frankly, addiction, some kind of uh, drugs involved. Okay. And she's lost a lot of weight, and she has a husband and a grandmother that she lives with. 
Um, and the uh, the predicament that I'm in is they uh, the family's been in, in the country over 35 years, and um, they don't want to plug into the system. Well, um, the they don't have to plug. Wait a second. They don't have to plug in the system. It's just her. The family well, has nothing to do with her. Okay. Well, there's signatures that are involved. And I'm wondering how, you know, if they, uh, you know, they're under the ceiling because, you know, frankly, the grandma gets paid under the table. Okay. But, and, okay. But uh, I yeah. have a question. Why is their signature, are, their, are, they, are they guaranteeing uh, the payment for your daughter going into rehab? No, the rehab thing, I'm connecting in, you know, at this moment. Um, I I don't but, but I don't I, issue. I don't understand what are your grand what do the grandparents have to do with her? Um, well, in terms of the services that she gets, right? So what are what are the kids. what are the grandparents? The I don't I don't understand what do the grandparents have to do? How are they connected? Well, the grandparent, the uh, grandmother. It's not uh, the parents, but uh, her husband and uh, mother. Um, you know, have an issue with signing documents. No, no, but why do they have to sign any kind of document? She's 21 years old, Mark. Right. She's an adult. So what? where is it that they have to sign something about putting her in rehab? That's the part I don't understand. No, not in terms of rehab, but the social services connection. They have nothing to do with it. For her to receive social services, I don't know what grandparents have to do with that. Where is the connection, Mark? You, got, you have to let me know where and why and why do the parents have anything to do with it or the grandparents? Well, the, con- the, well, the connection is through the husband and with that through the I don't family. understand. The, tell me why the signatures. Who wants their signatures? Uh, the, you know, her social services connection for the rehab. Okay, but the this, therapy. Okay, the, so the yeah. social services want the grandparents to sign for their granddaughter who's 21 years old? Yes. Wrong. Her, That's uh, there's something cr- there's something crazy about that. That's crazy. It doesn't make any well, sense. That's exactly what I said. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And and whether and the grandparents don't have to sign unless it's some kind of a rehab where they're guaranteeing the payment. But other than right. that, there's nothing. There's nothing whatsoever the grandparents have to sign or would even be asked to sign. Right. Okay. I, that's kind of what I said. All right. So what's your question, Mark? No, that's kind of uh, – I don't know. I guess I, guess I need uh, – Verification. Yeah, you got right, verification. So. I don't know where they came from. Well, you have to sign. She's twenty-one. What the hell? You have to sign, Grandma. Sign what? Well, social services. What does that mean? Katie, hello, Katie. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi, Bill. I have a situation with my home. I share a retaining wall with a school, and that retaining wall has a drainage problem where the water overflows onto my property. I first reported it to my HOA about two years ago when I discovered it. Um, It's displacing my ground cover, and the water then runs under my trailer park home. Um, I don't know what to do. I finally Mm. called the fire department on this last weekend because of all the rain, and they came out and they let me know, oh, we have the number for the guy with the city. We'll call him to clean it. So it was cleaned right away. But... I mean, this has been going on for yeah. years. Yeah, and the homeowner association won't touch it. Well, they just call the school. The property manager calls the school and complains to them about getting it cleaned out. But on weekends or after business hours, I have nobody to reach out to because 
there's nobody there. Yeah, well, welcome to uh, the world of dealing with uh, any kind of a municipal agency or state agency even. Um, uh, that's a tough one. Uh, have you asked the school to straighten out the drainage problem? Not just clean it up, but straighten it out from uh, with, where the problem is. So the property manager has asked the school to clean. There's like a drainage grate that gets clogged with leaves and brush, um, but they don't consistently keep it clean so that when the rain does come, like they cleaned it 10 days. All right. How big, how big is, uh, Katie, how big a drainage area is it? How big is this mesh? It runs about 80 feet. Okay. So it's a big deal. All right. Uh, God. Uh, you know, to, to, if they say no, to deal with them is crazy. That's the problem. That's my concern. Yeah, and it's a legitimate concern uh, because in order to force them to do this, that gets to be really problematic. Okay, couple things. Um, have you gone to the Board of Education yet? No. Okay, try that. Uh, try to get someone in the board that at least you can talk to because if they make the order, then it's a done deal. Uh, and the school, I don't know how much... Uh, influence because it's a separate district, but I would try your city council person too. Uh, there is a constituent constituent liaison person that deals with constituent complaints and uh, simply say, hey, what do I do? Can you make a phone call? Can you make this happen? And if not, where do I go? And I think that's the best way to go because at this point, you don't want anything legal, Katie, nothing, because it'll kill you. Okay. All right. So try uh, those and you'd be surprised. Uh, city council people do get involved because you vote for them. This is Handle on the Law. This is KFI AM640, more stimulating talk. Bill Handle here on a Saturday. Welcome aboard, everybody. This is Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice where I tell you you have absolutely no case. All right, Dave. Yes, Handle, what's going on? Yes, uh, sir. This is Dave. Yes, it is. Yes, uh, I got. Uh, I work for uh, this uh, gentleman at a uh, burnt building. It was a fast food uh Building, it got burnt. They're refurbishing it. I took some trash away. Uh, the gentleman told me, come back the next day and get your money. I came back the next day. He was supposed to have his watchdog put away. He didn't. The dog came and bit my arm, gave me 15 staples. Oh, uh, you've got yourself a case right there, Dave. Right there, you have your case of case. You're not trespassing. You're on the property per his instructions where you're supposed to meet him. Uh, the dog bit you, and uh, you uh, have a case. Right there, David. Okay. All now right? the, the only problem, sir, the only problem is the, uh, I can't get a hold of the, the guy's name. I only know him as Miguel. Uh, I what, did he he have has- to, what did he have to do with the building? Was he a general contractor? Yes, he's the general okay. contractor. But I, I okay, I easy enough. Okay, easy enough. Insurance. All right, all right. Stop right there, Dave. All right, stop right there. You have to get a personal injury lawyer who will do all of the work for you. Okay, they're the ones that hunt down whoever owns the building. They'll put title. They'll get hold of the owner of the building, and uh, there is there's a lot that can be done, and you just have to have the expertise. You need a personal injury lawyer, Dave. Just call Handle, uh, just get hold of HandleOnTheLaw.com, ask for a personal injury lawyer, and just start talking, okay? Okay, 
Just go 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 to the website. All right, that's easy. Uh, people think they they don't understand that when you go to a personal injury lawyer, they do all the work. If there's any investigation that has to be done, they'll do it. If there's title to be pulled, they'll do it. If there are statements to be had, they'll do it. That's the, the whole process. That's a good case, too, by the way. 15 staples in your arm getting eaten by a dog. Uh, it's, uh, you know, when, when dogs eat people, uh, that's generally a very good case. Oh, hi, Scott. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Thank you, Bill. How are you doing? Sure. Staying dry? Yes. Uh, I'm gonna, uh, this is more of a question for you, not a lawyer so much, I don't think. Um, I, I, I don't have any money coming in. and uh, I'm in, you know, dire straits, we could say. I had a. I work with the union for from '99 to 2003, right? And I move around a lot. And what do you What do you do? What do you do when you're working? Scott? I used to. Uh, I, I build stages all over the world. I I did movies, okay. and stages, and I work with everyone. Man, it, it was a great life. All right, but uh, not a whole, not, not a you know, rock and roll and those kind of things back in the day. Not so much uh, uh, Social Security, you know. So yeah, all right. I have a, I have a lot going on. And uh, as far as that goes, I'm in a motorhome in the street, man, in Montclair, watching the water. But what I need to know is I, I work with this union, and, um, and and so I'm thinking to myself, where can I get money, you know? Where was money? Because I had cancer and stuff. I can't really do anything anymore. And uh, and so I talked to the union, and they gave me this, this you know, this, this people that run the 401K. And they, they ask you all these questions, the tricky questions, and they're like, you know, it was many years ago. And did you put Did you put brain. Did you put money in a four hundred one k plan? Well, it was yeah, being yeah, it was taken out during the check, you know, while I was okay. Now there's them. now there's a pension and there's a four hundred one k. You're saying there is a four hundred one k, correct? It it did say that it said four hundred one k. Okay, all right, check. got it. So uh, what's your question? My question is this: is uh, they they want all these. Being I'm in a motorhome, don't have all the files that I would in a normally in a house. But you know, I uh, they want addresses and things like this, you know. And I give them the best I can. Yeah, that's all you can do. But Call they, them up and go. Oh, you don't have an address. I say I don't yeah, have an address. No, I mean for for back then, for back then. They okay, but you know, but you weren't. You were living. You were living with friends. Right. And uh, just you know, come up with some kind of address. You know, with friends. That's all. I mean, you can't. You cannot be denied your the the money that you have that's coming to you that you have put in because you can't say I didn't have an address ten years ago or twelve years ago. Someone's giving you the runaround, Scott. So yeah, I, that's fi- what I thought. Yeah, I just find I out. Answer you. Yeah, find out who runs uh, the four hundred one k plan, and uh, it's is it the is it the union that is not giving you the no, information? It's an outside. It's an outside. Thing, you know, okay, so you call them up and you say, I didn't have an address. I work with friends. Now what? Yeah, well, I have. I have done all those things. And they, they won't, won't answer you. They won't answer. Yeah, well, you, then, you, then you've well, got to tell them. What? Yeah. No, if I tell them an address, they won't say yes, no, or nothing. They're just quiet. They're just silent. They go, so is that right? Uh, how, how, much money do you, how much money do you have in the 401k? I have no idea. I really don't. But if it's a dollar. All right. Did, are you still a, are you still guy. a member of the union? No, no. I, they said my account was still open over all these years. I and, found that interesting. All right. Can you get the union to help you? Yeah, I think I'll start there. Again yeah, that's today. where you want to start. Get the union to help you because uh, you clearly don't have uh, enough uh, money. And so when you talk about uh, a 
in front of the marina, and he talked about uh, some kind of a vehicle. I'm thinking in terms of the dumpsters that have wheels that they actually roll around. All right, this is Handle on the Law. This is Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice, where I tell you you have absolutely no case. Oh, there's big doings in California with Lyft and Uber, and there is a move uh, in the legislature to make Uber and Lyft companies that when they hire their drivers, they're not 1099 drivers, make them employees where they have to be given the benefits and Social Security has to be taken out and uh, the withholding has to be taken out. And it's a big fight because both sides have an argument, except I think that the argument making uh, Uber drivers and Lyft drivers employees is stronger. And that's because the state is making it more and more difficult to have someone be a 1099 employee. And there are about 16 different rules, but the one that's the biggest here is that the drivers uh, are not a casual labor force because uh, it's Uber, also Lyft, uh, that controls uh, what they do. In other words, they the drivers are following the core business. And there is uh, the the predicament. 1099 is easy if you're a plumber and you go to a company that, for example, is a marketing company and uh, the toilet blows up. So they bring you in. You're clearly a 1099 because you have nothing to do with their core business. If you are involved in their core business and you do the work, the work involved is their core, then the argument is you're an employee. Now, that never used to happen, but is far more strict. And then you have other rules saying uh, that uh, do they control your hours? Well, with the drivers, you don't. Do they uh, make you work at a specific place? No, clearly not. You have the right to decide when and where to drive. Uh, But keep in mind, the legislature pushes very hard to make everybody they can employees. And it's always a fight. So what's happening now is that Uber and Lyft are trying to get a compromise going over the issue of employee. Uh, And I don't know who's going to win. I think they'll end up compromising, but it's tough. Incidentally, if uh, the drivers will be considered employees, that changes the model completely. Uber and Lyft will be totally different companies. They'll effectively be taxi companies. And taxi drivers working for a company, Uber and Lyft. And it'll just, effectively, it'll be just taxis all over the place. You never have to wait for a taxi. You simply call uh, your taxi company, Uber, and you'll see someone within two minutes. And the prices are going to be drastically different. Let's take some phone calls. Uh, Hey, Wanda, you're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Yes, ma'am. I would like to 
to know if I have a case um, where my daughter was possibly violated due process at her school. Uh, she was suspended pending uh, an, an investigation. She, you know, was kidding around at school pretending she was drunk, and the staff, you know, assumed she was literally drunk. Uh, they didn't have a machine to breathalyze her or drug test her at the time, so I took her to the doctor's office, got it, got the toxicology report. It came back negative, but she's still on suspension, and they have sent me a certified letter saying that, you know, hey, she uh, is going to be um, up for expulsion, so we need you to come to this hearing. Okay, so, all right, but you already showed them uh, that uh, the doctor said she wasn't drunk. I don't understand. How does the doctor determine that she wasn't drunk uh, from the time that she was tossed out of school? Um, well, they did a urine analysis, and they also did a, a blood draw. And from what the doctor said, uh, you know, if there was anything in her system, it would still be there. Uh, okay, hang on. For, okay, when was the blood drawn subsequent to them saying or assuming that she was drunk? What was the period of time? Six hours. Eh, see, that's the problem because uh, over a six-hour period, uh, the uh, uh, alcohol tis- dissipates, doesn't stay in your body forever. As a matter of fact, it goes down from what I understand an ounce at a time. So it's very conceivable that she was drunk at the time, and by the time the blood was drawn, six hours later, uh, there it wouldn't have shown. So I guarantee you the doctor didn't say she wasn't drunk at the time that she was accused of being drunk. All he could say was, as of this moment, there's no alcohol in her system. So that doesn't do a whole lot other than uh, in some way back up your case saying, gee, she wasn't drunk then, she wasn't drunk back, she wasn't drunk now, she wasn't drunk then. And so they're in, uh, so they're investigating, and at this point there is no proof she was not drunk, Correct. Correct. Then then it's legitimate for them to keep the suspension until they've investigated it. Getting witnesses in, uh, finding out uh, what what happened, uh, was she kidding, and uh, with, uh, with all the evidence surrounding that. So, yeah. Now, they're not going to expel it. They're not going to expel her for sure. But how long has the suspension been in place? Uh, five days. It's quite, quite a little bit. And then is there a hearing for expulsion coming up? Okay, well, uh, your argument is in five days, they sure as hell should be able to find out whether she was drunk or not. They should be able to collect enough evidence. I mean, how many students can you not talk to, right? Absolutely. Okay, so I think it's a question of time more than anything else. And it's um, now are they going to expel effectively? The question is, are they going to expel her for pretending she's drunk? Uh, They are. They they quoted a uh, handbook, you know, uh, situation, you know, five. 54.1, 54.1, uh, illegally possessing and are being intoxicated. Okay, but she had to have been intoxicated. And, and, exactly. what, you're, and what you're establishing is she never was. And, right. And they have to prove she did. So it's going to be kind of interesting for them to argue, well, she could have been. I mean, she was well, acting yeah. like it, and your daughter goes, yeah, I was screwing around. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I think she'll be she she should be okay. But as far as suspension is concerned, it's probably legit up to a point. And the argument is, come on, five days, guys. What are you doing? All right. Yep. That's the way it goes. Okay. Will. Hi, Will. Hello. Yes, sir. Hello. Yes, sir. Uh, Yes, I got a a house where um, they're at the they're at all um, pretty high class neighborhood. um, So they have RVs. Other houses, and they're parked uh, right in the driveway front, and uh, they're covered up. 
but uh, this one's kind of exposed. And uh, the small RV and this public safety came out, took pictures. Uh, they're demanding um, movement. Move with it. Oh, they're demanding that the RV is moved. Yes. And the other, and they're allowing all the other ones to stay. Yes. Okay. And who is making the demand? Public safety of the city. Okay. And uh, you get to ask the city. Uh, the public safety people who made that demand, why aren't you demanding that everybody else doesn't move? I mean, that's clearly discriminatory. Why do you think, Will, they're taking, they're picking on your RV and not the one next door? Yeah, uh, I think uh, the, is it, does it require a permit some places? I don't know. If it does, you don't have it. Now, it says here on the computer, you're staying at the mobile home, Right. Yeah, yeah. Are you living in it? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, so they're just, and you own it, right? Well, a friend owns it. He's staying here from another friend's property. Okay, but he is, is he living in the mobile home? No. Okay, so it's just parked in at, uh, in a public parking space? Yes. Okay, and, the, and there's, all over the neighborhood, there are other RVs that are parked there? Okay, then you call, then you call and you go. What? Why me? If that's not discriminatory enforcement, you see, selective enforcement is one thing. Discriminatory enforcement is something else. And I think you're going to have to argue discriminatory enforcement. I have no idea. Call them up and go. Hey, what's going on? Why? I mean, why are you doing it? Is 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 that particular mobile home falling apart? Not really. Looks a little old, but old doesn't matter. I mean, is it is it rusting and horrible and old and is deemed a, a a danger, or does it look basically like every all the other ones on the street? Uh, a little rusty, but what's a little rusty mean? Like a seventy-eight, but uh, like a seventy-eight what? Seventy-eight beer. You're seventy-eight. Okay, uh, why why would a seventy-eight be rusty? I'm sure there are plenty. I mean, you know, there are in terms of trailers. Do you know that there are Airstream trailers that were built in the 30s and are still they look like brand new trailers? And they're also worth two hundred thousand dollars. But anyway, Will, uh, my guess is that when I find out the full story, uh, I would have thrown you out in a heartbeat also. Uh, This is Handle on the Law. Talk. Bill Handel here. This is Handel on the Law. Marginal legal advice. Uh, hey, Luke. Welcome to Handel on the Law. Hi. How's it going? Yes, sir. Uh, yeah. So um, I just got a quick question for you. Um, about a week or two ago, I got a phone call saying I was to be served papers the following day. Now, at first, I just thought it was baloney because most phone calls are. But the next day, I got the call again. So I figured I would call back and see what they had to say just to hear them out. Now, they're telling me that apparently over 10 years ago, I had a um, checking account with U.S. Bank that is in the red, and that I owed 350 some odd dollars, and that now they want uh, $1,600. Okay, hang on a minute. Who, who did you call to see if it's okay, if it, if it checked out? 
Um, well, so first I called back the number who said they were serving me. I hung up on them once they told me everything that I wanted to know. Right. Then I, then I called U.S. Bank directly and asked if I even had this account because I did have an account with them years ago. And they're saying, yes, in 2009, I had an account that went to collections, but that is all that they could tell me. They couldn't tell me anything. Okay, they wrote, it, they, they wrote it off, and that's what happened. They, they uh, charged it off. All right. right. So uh, if they sue you, Luke— Hope they do sue you because uh, they don't have the legal right to sue you after all these years. The statute of limitation has far, far run out so far, so long ago. So uh, you I suggest you call them back and we're talking about Uh the collection firm and say, by the way, I talked to an attorney. The statute expired six years ago. And if you sue me, I'm going to go after you for abuse of process. Well, so no, I did just that. I got on Google, of course, and I saw the statute of limitations was about four years on something like this. Right. So I, I did call them back, and I told them just that. And they were saying they started spouting all these, like, scary things about how the statute can be reset. Yeah, it can, by you send, it can by you sending the money, Luke, and that's the only way. Right, and I never have. Right, okay. So what? Okay. So they say the statute can be reset, right? If you're six foot eight and you're in the middle of uh, transitioning into a woman, but you're not. So uh, now what? Right, so I've since moved across the country now, so I'm just hoping I'm not going to get subpoenaed. Oh, hope you like didn't. That, that won't be a subpoena. It'll be a lawsuit, Luke. Okay. It'll be a lawsuit, and if they do sue, uh, if they do serve you, and I would put in writing to them, uh, I'd send an email uh, to whoever called you, because it's obviously uh-huh. a law firm or a collection agency, say you've right. threatened to take me to court on this. You're saying I've been sued. If you go ahead and file a lawsuit, since uh, you are, uh, the statute has long run out, uh, I will sue you for malicious prosecution and abuse of process. Actually, uh, yeah, abuse of process actually is what it is. And uh, then you've given them fair warning. And okay. then if they ignore that, Luke, man, do you have a case. Okay. Okay. You're good. All right. You're good. Good for him for doing all that homework, too. Good for him. And uh, what, 10 years ago, for God's sake, $300. And now, what did he say, $1,600 or did he say $160,000 that he owes? Which which one of those two? I don't remember. Julio. Hello, Julio. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Yes. My question is uh, an employment question. I own a small construction company. I am four-man strong. We have uh, four employees. Uh, One of these employees uh, over the weekend at home stepped on the nail, uh, sought treatment through this medical treatment, learned, or he was diagnosed as diabetic. Took him 17 weeks to be able to come back to work. 17 weeks we hauled out. We made do with the guys we had, and uh, he returned to work for about four weeks. After four weeks, he stepped on another nail at home over the weekend, on the other foot. This time around, uh, he's had a really bad time with uh, infection. It's been 10 weeks, and there's no real All right. uh, time as to when he might be coming back. Fair enough. So, Julio, your question is? My question is, I need to hire someone, and I need to hire someone now. Then do I'm it now. Me. Let him go. Explain why. First of all, Julio, because you uh, have only four employees, you're exempt from virtually everything other than bad faith. 
uh, and uh, there is no issue that what you're doing is not in bad faith. They can't you can't they can't expect you to keep a position open with only four employees for an indeterminate amount of time. You're covered, Julio. Let them know uh, in writing. Hey, I love you to death, but and then uh, put it in a chronology. This is what happened. We kept you open. It's been weeks and weeks and weeks, and unfortunately, I have to hire someone uh, to take your place. Done. And then let them go on disability, and you're and you'll be covered. Perfect. Thank you for your time. All right, you got it. Uh, yeah, and that's why you have laws that say, uh, for example, businesses up to 25 people are exempt from virtually everything. And when you hit 25 and above, uh, then something else kicks in. And uh, exactly for this reason. This is Handle on the Law. I got no rules, I count them. Simulating talk. Bill Handel here on a Saturday. This is Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice. Hi, Maria. Welcome to Handle on the Law. What can I do for you? Uh, thank you, Bill. Appreciate your advice. Um, I have a friend. She's a senior. Okay. Um, she has no children or family by herself. She owns a little house. It's a small house, but it's cleared. And and she owns her car. She does little cars. All paid. Everything's paid off. So she wants to, I think, donate it to one of the hospitals or church or something. Can she, she asked me can, to ask you, can she just do a will? Yeah, of course. That's okay. all it is. She, she does a will. She writes a will and just leaves everything to whoever. Okay, but does she have to go to an attorney for this? No, she can do it on the Internet probably. Okay. And uh, just say, here's who I leave to, and then uh, they handle it. So they uh, a probate is opened, uh, and then they'll probably pay for it, and everything transfers over, and they can do whatever they want. Sell the car, sell the house, whatever. Okay. Does, does she have to have it notarized if she does a will? No, but you have to have it published, which means two people have to uh, two people have to sign it and witness the signature. And the easiest way of doing it is to do that, whatever the internet tells you to do, because that's going to only cost a couple hundred dollars, as opposed to a lawyer. And then make sure that uh, the recipients, the beneficiaries of the will, get hold of that will. She should send it to them. Send it to the hospital or... or yeah, yeah, absolutely. Send it to them saying, hey, when I die, it's all, uh, yours. Here is uh, the will. Okay. All right? Perfect. Thank you. Okay, you got it. Yeah, usually it depends on the money you have, but when it's that simple, the internet works just fine uh, because they the internet wills uh, do meet the criteria. When it gets complicated, you know, I'll often ask, answer the question. People will call and go, gee, Bill, uh, I want to leave some property and can I do it on the internet? And I go, well, how much property are you talking about? Oh, $4 million. I go, what are you talking about? Are you crazy? Well, houses and stocks and bonds and checking accounts. And you want to do it for a $200 will on the internet, right? Okay. First of all, what are you calling me for? That's for starters. I wouldn't call me on a $4 million estate. Matter of fact, I wouldn't call me on a $1 million estate. As a matter of fact... I, there's a, there's a point where I would call me, but it certainly isn't at a million dollars or more. Vincent, what can I do for you? Hey, how's it going, Bill? Yes, sir. Thanks for having me on. Um, so, yeah, I, I have a, a wife and children, and living in California is really expensive. So we looked at trying to relocate to the East Coast. We put um, a down payment on a house, 
Um, me being a, a filmmaker, it was a little difficult to show like the traditional tax um, forms needed to show what I'm making. So we had to do a bank statement loan. So upon doing that with their lender, we gave them all the information they needed. And the contract states that in 30 days, if we don't get finance, we get our deposit back. So 30 days goes by, nothing. Their lender says that, you know, we've complied and, you know, done everything in our power and it's just taking longer. So then 55 days come and they say, hey, we no longer have this program to finance them. So we uh, we can't um, approve them for this. So they tell us, okay, well, we can go to our secondary lender. So we go to their secondary lender and there's nothing in written correspondence. All the things they tell us are different, the rates, the terms. It's like one of those kind of guys, you know, in the back room that can like, you know, push a loan through. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't, we don't, uh, we, we end things with the guy. We're like, we really don't feel comfortable with this. And right at that moment, they say, oh, you're in breach of contract. We keep your deposit. Yeah, yeah, I can see that because it was 30 days. And I'm assuming, uh, and there should be a clause in there saying, and if you've done everything within your power uh, to move forward on this, uh, it's still refundable. 30 days extends. And uh, if, it, if you have one of those, you got them. Okay, there's no question about it. And even if you don't, I'd still sue for the $10,000 and argue that everything that you could have done, you did. And uh, it's beyond your control, and uh, therefore you should get your money back. Now, the other you, argument— you think I, it would cost me more? To what? To, uh, to, to, to it's Lennar, it's a huge builder. And so, I mean, like, it doesn't matter. You still, it doesn't matter. You still, uh, you still uh, sell. Was it in California? No, no, it's in Florida. Well, then whatever the small claims uh, jurisdiction is in Florida, I don't have the book in front of me, but— uh, you know what? It, it, it's, small claims is the way to go. And if you have to, you go to Florida, you buy a cheapo creepo ticket, and you simply show up and uh, make your argument. And if it turns out that uh, uh, the company, uh, the, the, the company that uh, manufactures the home, it shows uh, it ends up to extend or make it miserable for you, that makes it even more of an argument because they can play games. For example, they can ask for an extension literally the day before or a few days before, and you let them know I'm showing up, I'm flying out, and then you argue in front of the judge, Your Honor, they're doing this just to screw with me. They're doing this just to make my life miserable, and they know they're wrong. So uh, the, the I'm guessing the more they screw with you because they can play games. There's no question if they know you're flying out from uh, California – uh, to make it miserable for you. But in the end, you still have your $10,000. You also want to look up Florida law on this one. And I'm obviously not a lawyer in Florida. I'm barely a lawyer in California. And uh, you look at real estate contracts and just doing a little research. And you may find that if you've done everything, then uh, simply uh, by just the law statutorily, a 30 or 60 day end date continues on. Now it's not going to continue on forever, obviously, but it, uh, the way you describe it, uh, you have not slowed it down or done anything other than do everything to comply within the, uh, within the contract you have. So try that. I I appreciate it. And thanks so much. I really love your show. Yeah, of course, of course you do. Okay. That is absolutely correct. All right. Uh, Mike. Hello, Mike. Hi, I bought an air conditioner, and it was supposed to be a 17-seer system back in January. When I got the certificate from the company that supplied the equipment, it said 16-seer, and the company's not calling me back. All right. how, mu- how much did you spend on it? 
$7,200. All right. Well, I, here's what I would do. I'd call them up. Uh, if they're not calling you back, first of all, I don't do it by phone at all. Do everything by email. You want all of it in writing, Mike. Okay. E- every bit of it. And just say, here it is. You've breached the contract. Uh, I asked for 17. You gave me 16. And clearly you're in breach. Uh, so you got two choices. Either you go ahead and replace it with what the contract calls for, or you refund my money. Either way. I don't care. Okay. And uh, they may ignore you. And if they do, I'd write again the same email. And then you sue them in small claims court. Okay. And you got a winner. I mean, you, you, there it is. So it's black and white. You know, they, okay. sa- they said uh, 17, it's 16. What, what is the judge going to say? What are they going to say? That's what I thought. Okay, you're good. No, you're good. Uh, Ricky. Yeah, Ricky. Hello there. Good morning. Yes. I mean, sorry. Um, I, was, I was one of several heirs, five heirs, to a living trust that uh, is, it was finished four months ago. And I have family albums and two gold watches of his and hers that the husband had made for him and the wife. The other two people, uh, the, the, I was not family. The only family is there in San Paulo, Brazil, and Israel. Can I contact them by email and ask them if they want to buy the watch? Sure, and the, of course. How would I do a transaction like that without Well, first over? of all, as the, the trust has been distributed. You own those, correct? Correct, yes. Okay, so it's like anything else. You just reach out and go, hey, you want to buy a watch? Nothing, uh, it's yours. Uh, I mean, the trust has nothing more to do with it. And what I would do uh, if I were you is, well, I, I tell you what I think is credible, is you get uh, a bunch of real cheapo, creepo watches, and you put them all, starting with your wrist, all up your uh, your arm, uh, wear a long sleeve shirt, and just say, want to buy a watch? And then just move it right up your arm. It's a good visual. It really is. Thank you. Yeah. I'll, I'll- oh, all right, you're fine. Can I reach out and sell them? Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Want to buy a watch? This is Handle on the Law. Set me free from my jealousy. Won't you exercise my mind? Won't you exercise my mind? And uh, welcome back. This is KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Bill Handle here. A pleasure having you here. And this is Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice. Sarah. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hello. Yes, ma'am. I have a question regarding a will of 30 years ago not being executed as was, we just learned that it wasn't um, executed as it was supposed to have been. Mm. All right. So how did you just learn that? Well, uh, another family member passed away. Family got together, started talking. One person that was in the will did receive their part of the will and when expressed to the other four people that were in the will they indicated no that they hadn't received anything further we went further to find out that um only because the one person received it uh, any part of the the will was because that person uh had requested from an attorney a copy of the will and anything. All right. So, that- so let me tell you. Let me ask you. So, the person that did receive money got the appropriate amount of money under the will. Correct. Correct. All right. So, what happened to the? Where's what's the where's the rest of the money? 
that's what we're wanting to know, you, and we're want, wanting yeah. to know if this is now embezzlement or fraud. Could be. Since Could be. Yeah, sure. Uh, I don't know okay. the statute issues from 30 years ago, uh, but it could be upon discovery. And uh, did you know you uh, were a beneficiary under the will? The There was supposedly letters that were sent from the attorney's office in Washington. However, no one received those letters. Right. So did you, but did you food. know, did you know that this person? No. It was okay. No. So you had no idea. How much money are we no talking? Sarah, how much money are we talking about? About 30, 40 grand. Yeah, all right. I mean, I don't know if that's worthwhile uh, going after in terms of legal fees. Uh, but, you know, again, uh, it's time to talk to a trust and estate lawyer. Boy, I'm getting a lot of those today where I have to send you off to an expert uh, who knows this stuff because not only am I I'm a generalist, uh, but I'm also a generalist who generally know doesn't generally know what he is doing. So uh, <laughs> it is. Uh, so that's what you have to do. Just go to the website, go to handleonthelaw.com, and talk to a trust and estate lawyer, and you can ask that question. It's a real easy one uh, because I don't know about the statute issue, and I don't know about uh, how much it's worth to, to hire a lawyer, and uh, what should there be interest? Was that invested? Nobody has any idea at this point. David, hello, David. How you doing? Yes, Bill? sir. What can I do for you? Okay, here it goes. Um, through no fault of my own. Bad start. My, 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 Very bad my, start. My whole identity profile was compromised. All right. That probably is no fault of your own. Okay, I'll buy it that. Happened through, it happened through my credit union, which is located in Burbank. All right. And um, uh, the short story is my card was declined somewhere. You got to call the credit union who issued my credit card. They said, hold on. Okay, here's the fraud department phone number. Call them. The phone number they gave me was some obscure phone number who asked me for all my personal information. Wow, and the birthday to name. And they're the ones. Wait a sec. Hold on. They're the ones that stole all your information. The well, I get not my credit union. The 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 supposed fraud department of the card. They issue the card through a third party. Hang on. So they gave you the phone number. My credit uh, union gave me the wow. phone number. Wow. Okay, so what's your question? Well, uh, are they obligated to like buy some LifeLock insurance for me or do well, that's to a mitigate a, the damages? Well, it's this? a little it's a little late now to buy insurance uh for identity theft insurance because uh your identity has already been compromised. So yeah. you get to Unfortunately, you have to unravel this and this it's not easy to do this because you have to go to the credit agencies, you have to do so much uh, to yep. undo this. And uh, there are people out there that do it and I don't have a recommendation, I don't have a referral, uh, but it's it, it can take months to do this. And then all the time you take, I would uh, I'd go to the credit union and say, "Hey guy, as a matter of fact, what I would do is go to the credit union and say the number you gave me was a fraudulent organization. Oh, no, they know I've complained to them all kinds of way up and down the street and the manager of operations just like seems to have like an oh well attitude about it. I go, what, are you going to help me mitigate the future damages? Are you going to, like, purchase me any fraud alert through Experian or anything like that? She goes, I don't think we can do that. All right, well, I would, um, you know what? I would consider talking to a lawyer mm-hmm. and uh, seeing if, if there is liability there. They may not be, but... It's worth exploring, so go to the website. Go to handleonthelaw.com. There are lawyers experienced in fraud, dealing with fraud, and see if anything's there. Uh, Let me get this straight. That's handleonthelaw.com. Yes. 
And let me repeat that for me. That's okay, no, okay, I, okay. Thanks very much. I appreciate that. By the way, that is not someone I paid to do that. Although it's not a bad idea. So if you're willing to do that, just send me an email, and uh, we'll arrange uh, you doing that a lot. Uh, that was very funny. Uh, appreciate it, by the way. Uh, you know, I wish I didn't have to hang up on you. Uh, Gary, hello, Gary. Hey, Bill. I have uh, been diagnosed with chronic uh, lymphocytic leukemia. And I've only been diagnosed for about four months. Uh, according to the Social Security Administration, leukemia is one of the diseases that uh, can qualify for immediate disability. Uh, and they said I need a lawyer. Where they sounded, I'm sorry, they sounded what? They said that I need a lawyer. Okay, you need a lawyer to make an application for disability. Yes. Hmm. yes. I don't know about might- that. I don't know about advocate, you know. Yeah. Well, here's the good news: uh, is probably legal fees are paid within the system, and you want. I just see that. Yeah, you want you want to go with a uh, a disability and uh, worker. Basically, it's workers' comp, and you want to go to a work comp attorney. That's the expertise they have, and just ask the question. Now, uh, usually in those cases, attorneys' fees are paid out of uh, the entire settlement. They're separated out, and the lawyer gets the money anyway. And if you're not paying for it, you're home free. That's where you want to go. All right? Okay, sir. All right, okay. there you go. Try a work workers' comp attorney. We will return, okay? This is Handle on the Law. This is Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice, where I tell you, you have absolutely no case. All right, a case right up my alley, sperm donor. As you know, I practice uh, third-party reproductive law for 30 years, and this happens to be in Australia. And the case actually makes sense, and I'll tell you why. And it has to do with the sperm donor law. So there's a sperm donor, although he really isn't a donor, uh, in Australia, won a high court battle to have his rights as a parent confirmed and to stop his child being taken to live overseas by his mom. Now, normally, under the sperm donor laws or any of, of any law that is close to a sperm donor law, depends on the country, depends on the state, the entire issue of whether someone's a sperm donor or not is, well, certainly biologically, there's no issue, but is the intent of the donation. And here is what he said. He donated the sperm and he and the woman agreed to raise the infant together right there. That cuts off uh, his rights or cuts off uh, her rights to call him a sperm donor because they agreed to raise the infant together. Later, they had a falling out. The mother's lawyer argued he was not the father, even though uh, she agreed to let him raise the child with her, and he was listed on the birth certificate, and he paid financial support. You put all of that together, and you don't have a donor. You know what you have? You have a dad. The sperm donor law, well, I'll I'll quote you the sperm donor law in California, because uh, that's where I happen to live and have practiced for so many years, is real simple. It is uh, the donation by someone other than the husband, and it is done through the auspices of a doctor 
pursuant to a written agreement, and the law says if all of that happens, then the donor has, and it's a real donor, has no responsibilities as a parent, can't be called a parent, is not responsible for any support, any financial involvement, and at the same time cannot claim that he is the father. He's done. He's finished. He's out of there. All he did was donate his sperm, and it's a true donation. Cases like this, where there's an agreement to raise the child together, that just blows it right out of the water. So, uh, needless to say, he won, and uh, the mother is not taking the kid uh, out of the country because he's dad, and he can absolutely request the court stop that, which they did. So, uh, just a fun, well, I don't know how much fun it is for her, but certainly was fun for him. Uh, I know that. In the world of egg donation, uh, my kids were born of in vitro fertilization, and my wife had to undergo the procedure, and that is painful. Uh, it is not fun, and uh, my part of it was just great times had by all. Let's take some phone calls. Ken. Yeah. Yes, sir. What can I do yeah. for you? I was working for a guy, my wife and I, who owned a campground in a neighboring business, and it included a spot to park our motorhome. And I quit, and he got angry. And so even though my wife was, you know, still working there uh, that day, uh, he said, I want this guy out of here. He's trespassing. So the deputy come out, and I said, hey, we work for him. It includes our spot. And he said, no, he's a, a camper, and, uh, and he owes me uh, back rent. And I denied it, and the deputy made a phone call, and I guess the sheriff said, well, we can't be the, the jury. So I, at 65 and disabled, spent a night in jail. I've never Wait a minute. So they arrested, yeah. you for, they arrested you for trespassing? For, yeah, for, um, for yeah, 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 for, for um, what, what's, um, he wanted me off his property. Whatever yeah, that and was. you wouldn't get off his property. That's trespassing, Ken. Okay, and the only thing was, was uh, we had a paid-up spot there to stay. Till when? Till till when? At the moment that he had, when he had you arrested for trespassing, Ken, were you paid up in your spot? It included working there. Okay, but he fired you, Ken. But he fired you, correct? I I quit, but my wife still worked there. Uh, But he arrested, but you were arrested, not your wife. Correct. All right. So as far as he was concerned, you quit. I want you off my property. Your wife, who happens to still work for me, she's allowed on the property. Do I have that right? Even though that's my home, yes. Yeah. Yeah, you can argue tenancy. Um, Yeah, there's a... Okay, what's what you said that I was an, uh, a camper that owed him rent. Yeah, I know, I, I know. Not. Yeah, he's just lying through that one. That uh, that's an easy one uh, because he's yeah. he's simply a liar. So, um, you know what? That's kind of interesting. A wrongful uh, police report as to trespassing when you were there and he didn't give you notice. Till he, yeah, I think you have something there, Ken. Uh, but you have to call I, what. I talked to a dozen lawyers yeah. and nobody would touch it because they said there's no money there. That's correct, Ken. Said, I was gonna, said, that was going to be my next question. What would you like me to do? Well, he said you, you spent a night in jail, big deal. Right. You know, so what's your question? Um, I mean, 
Uh, I, I'm disabled. Okay, what's your question? What's your yes? I got that. We've already, we've gone through that three times. What's your question, Ken? Uh, sure. It's it's still been two years. Yeah, you can still you can still probably go after him. Sure. The answer is yes. Okay. Now what? But now I'd have to pay a lawyer. That is correct. Also, that is correct, okay. Ken. So, so how much ballpark in you know would I be looking at to do something like this? Me to hire a lawyer? Yeah, it depends I mean, on it depends on how much uh, he is willing to fight the guy you're suing, and okay. that's the issue. Uh, but I'll tell you, it's not going to cost hundreds of dollars, Ken. It's going to cost thousands of dollars. Okay. Okay. And are the odds for or against me? Um, I don't know. It depends on. Uh, see, I don't know what the damages are because your damages are you spend a night in jail. What is that well, worth? Is, is that worth a hundred thousand dollars? That worth fifty thousand dollars? For pain and suffering as a disabled person, I you know I mean it was. I, know, know, I get it. it no was one, a night. Yeah, no so, one you know, no one enjoys spending no one enjoys spending their night in, uh, night in jail. Uh, right. So when you talk about hellacious, uh, what does that mean? Describe what happened. Well, uh, you know, I'm I'm physically disabled. Yeah, we went through that four times. I got it, Ken. Uh, so, so, so the sleeping on the the cement with a little pad. Um, I had a. Oh, you had to sleep. You had to sleep on the floor. You didn't get a bed. Well, it it you know a two inch foam pad on on the floor. Well, not on a bed. It was a concrete bed. It was a concrete bed. There was no springs, no nothing. Just a slab, concrete, three feet off the ground. Yeah, so that's not really the floor. It's really a concrete okay. bed. Okay. Yeah. And you know. Yeah, it's, um, a, it's a little uncomfortable. Uh, although people with bad backs would die to have that uh, with a really <laughs> firm uh, back. Uh, you know what? The. What about a statute of limitations on uh, that? I think you're. I think I think you're still okay under the statute. Here's the problem: you were uh, probably you were arrested wrongly, and you were put in jail wrongly. But it's one it's night. It's one night in jail. It's uh, it's not the end of the world. It really isn't. When you talk about your disability, Ken, how disabled are you? You want to describe it? Uh, I've got debilitating um, arthritis, can't hardly move or walk without help, and blind in one eye. Not that that's relative to that, but, um, you know. Yeah, you're a mess. Um, okay, yeah, bottom line is uh, there. there's not enough money in it. You'd have to pay a lot of money for a lawyer, and uh, you know what? You just suck it up, and uh, that's there's not much more to do. There really isn't, and you you were treated unfairly. Welcome to the world. This is Handle on the Law. Welcome back to KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. This is Handle on the Law. Sarah. Hello, Sarah. You're up. Hi. So I put solar panels on my roof, and when the guy came over and explained to me how my contract works, he said that he had me print up all my Edison bills and did a comparison of this is how much you would have saved with us, blah, blah, blah. So great. I signed up the contract. He explained to me that um, I would be paying for what I used, but then he covered my roof with solar panels. And I was like, dang, that's a lot. And he goes, oh, that's just for if you get married or have kids, you have the extra usage, the extra ability to create the usage that you're going to need. Okay, fine. 
I am now finding out that that was a lie. When I've talked to the company, I'm like a single person paying for what I produce. And my solar panels that are covering my roof are producing a lot. I'm paying $130 a month every month. Even when I'm out of the country, I'm still paying a $130 bill. And I'm wondering, is there any way? No, because you're sounding like you're an idiot, Sarah. I mean, think about this. I'm putting on extra panels in case you ever get married, right? In case you ever need it. Sarah, first of all, how old are you? 36. You're never going to get married, Sarah. I was married, actually. All right, but you're never going to again, right? Actually, my boyfriend is wanting to get married, but that's not the point. They lied to me. Yes, they did. I don't, yeah, and they're telling me that the guy that set me up got fired. He's no longer with the okay, company. Okay, so here's, so, so Sarah, here is the problem. Uh, you don't have any proof that he lied to you. All you do yeah, is exactly. your your statement is he lied. By the way, what you want to do if you get married, uh, that unfortunately gives him credibility by saying, I told you you were going to get married. See, that's <laughs> see that's a problem. You want to never get married again. That was legal advice I gave you to, to uh, argue right. this lawsuit. I just want to let you know. It has nothing to do with you being ugly. Uh, well, maybe you are. I don't know. This is radio. But anyway, uh, so here's the point. He lied to me. But you signed the contract, Sarah. You didn't read the contract. Well, I did. And when I asked him, I said, "This, what does this mean right here? I said, because it was kind of worded funny and it didn't make sense. And he goes, and the way he explained it to me is he said, that is just. For, oh, Sarah. Whenever. Like, when, explain stuff. Oh, Sarah. Saying, when a salesman explains something you don't understand and doesn't go through it carefully. Uh-uh. So, Sarah, uh, the bottom line is you have no place to go. Now. Here is the good news is uh, electricity costs are climbing all the time. They're going up and up and up. And so at some point you are uh, it's it's going to make sense even at your $130 a month uh, because if you look at the months that you do use electricity versus the months that you don't, let's say you're traveling and you're still paying your $130, it's going to even out where you're going to be paying less money uh, than you would otherwise. So it's probably going to be a, probably going to be a, a pretty good deal, is my guess. I've never, not really, I've never paid this much even with Edison. Oh, my then you're then you're stuff. okay, Sarah. Then you're a complete idiot. Why would you? Why would you pay that if you never paid that? So if some guy comes in, you're 130 bucks a month, but I've never had a 130 dollar a month bill no that was the lie he looked at my edison bills and was like oh you paid a hundred dollars with edison you would have only paid 60 to 70 with us he had me print up two years worth of bills okay and but he told you but he gave you but he gave you too much and did you know it was going to be 130 dollars no i didn't know till i first started paying the wait a minute did whoa 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 wait the contract didn't say you're going to pay 130 dollars no. What did it say? What were you going to pay? This there, is a contract no to pay. It. This is a contract to pay a monthly amount of money, and it didn't say how much you were going to pay. No, no, no. This is a contract to pay for what I produce, and so it's always around. Okay, I'm, I'm Sarah. I'm totally confused. Uh, to pay around what you produce, I don't know what that means. I truly don't. Tell me about that. Hi, Lolly. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Uh, yes. yes. Hello. Yes, ma'am. Um, yes. Um, I've been renting a um, 
a mobile home in a senior park for the last 19 years. And uh, about a year and a half ago, my landlord did something really strange. And to me and other people in the park, not just me, he raised our rent like $585, then turned around and gave us some credit. And I'm wondering why he would do this. We asked him, and he offered no explanation. As normally when you get a credit, you're told what it's for. No, it doesn't matter. He doesn't have to tell you. He can oh, just he say, no, no, there's nothing that says he has to tell you why he gives you a credit. He just gives you a credit. And by the way, <laughs> do you he, know, have you ever heard that happening? No, someone would do, no? no, no, no idea why you would do that. But uh, there's nothing illegal about it. Uh, no oh, one ever okay. has. To, no. He, and he can raise the rent as often as he wants, assuming it's not rent control or there's no lease that will control the time and the uh, amount of money paid. Uh, uh-huh. Now, uh, keep in mind, it gets really interesting if uh, you he raises the rent and you uh, can't afford to stay there. And uh, now what do you do? Because moving, moving a mobile home is no joke. Oh, no, no, no. He owns the mobile home. I rent the oh. home and the space. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. How much are you paying, by the way, Lolly? Uh, well, he raised, I'm paying right now 1300 which I know is really cheap. Um, but I, he's raised it to 1885 and then he gives me a $500 credit. But I know come September, he's probably going to raise me another 100 or so without you know or, or take away that much credit yeah okay i mean that's just another way of raising the rent so effectively yeah he's uh, so effectively he's raised the rent 500 but then you gave you credit for 500 right yeah yeah and okay so there's a lot of people okay so there's no rent increase there at all and i don't know why he's doing that but uh so be it you know that is a little strange but i don't think there's anything illegal about it this is handle on the law Welcome back to uh, KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Bill Handel, Saturday morning. And welcome to Handel on the Law. Marginal legal advice when I tell you you have absolutely no case. Uh, hello, Chris. Welcome to Handel on the Law. Hey, Bill. Yes, sir. Thank you. So um, uh, yesterday morning I walked out to my mailbox and um, I had a notice from a debt consolidation company that said uh, lumping up against me from an old auto loan that I had voluntarily surrendered um, about five years ago. So I voluntarily surrendered the vehicle, um, mainly because I got three points in it. So my insurance was higher than my payment. So it just didn't make sense. So I voluntarily surrendered the vehicle, um, at which point they said that they could not auction off the vehicle. So they hit me with a bill for, I think, $8,800 or something, to which didn't make any sense to me. No, it makes no sense. If you owe $8,800 and they, what, they just zero? So how do they know it was worth $8,800? Exactly. So, okay, unless that's what, that was left on the, on the loan, and, they, and, what do they do exactly. with the, and what do they do with the car? Exactly. So I have no vehicle. I, I owe $8,800, and I'm in a lawsuit now. Uh, I have wait a sec. They've, wait, they've sued you for the $8,800? They are going to sue me. No, they're I not, because if it's five years old, the statute is gone. Perfect. They have four years in which to sue you. And what I would do is, and I've done this, I said this before, I'm going to say it again. Uh, you let them know in an email, or in an email, because you want it in writing, saying, uh, you're saying you're going to sue me for a five-year-old debt, and you are a year past the statute. 
Okay. And you simply we'll say, you don't have standing to sue. And they're going to come back and come up with some BS, which they always do. Well, uh, we've reinstated it, or you can reinstate it, or why don't you pay, uh, give us a good uh, faith payment of $100, or uh, which you don't want to do any of that. Your position right. is simply, it's past the statute. Now, what do you have to say about that? Okay. That's all you do. I, yeah, I'm, what more to say? All right. Uh, Ed. Uh, hello, Ed. Yes. I've got a Hyundai Sonata hybrid vehicle that had major catastrophic engine failure on the freeway. Um, I had it taken to the dealership, and they put it up on the lift, and they told me right away, we know your problem. Rodents ate through your cooling hose, your hydraulic hose, and your mm-hmm. brake hose. Yeah. However, Hyundai might be willing to replace it, even though it had 166,000 miles on it. Wow. I thought that was kind of unusual, but they were doing tests on it. It is Meanwhile, unusual. It is unusual. Grab I it. I did some research, come to find out there were two, there's two current class action suits against Hyundai, Kia, and Toyota because to cut a manufacturing cost, they were producing the hoses out of soy, which rodents love. Um, my insurance carry said so far that, you know, hey, it's a great deal because you're going to get a car that's good for another six to seven years, and they're going to replace the entire engine at no cost to you. The only problem is they've had it since October. They promised it in Thanksgiving, and then they said January. Now they said maybe February I'll get my car back. And I'm thinking, okay, how long should I let this go on? Well, I mean, you have, okay, but here's your other choice. What do you do? Let's say you go no, and uh, now you're going to wait for the class action suit uh, to be filed. That could take a year or two, Ed. And maybe nothing out of it either. That could be, uh, but or if it if they do settle, uh, they'll give you two hundred bucks. Exactly. So you have to. Uh, what I would do, I mean, legally, the class action suit may or may not fly. I have no idea. And if it may or may not become uh, the settlement, is up to the judge to decide what the settlement is. And all the lawyers care about is the money they're going to get out of it. So if, as long as they get their three point three million dollars, and you end up with eighty dollars or uh, an engine at half price or whatever, it, they they really don't care. Now, what are you going to do? Uh, if I were you, I would push them to do the car at cost so you can get that engine back, so you can get the car back. Otherwise, you're without a car, right? Well, they're paying, they are paying for my rental. Oh, then let them just – as long as they're paying for the rental, it doesn't matter if they pay it for five years, Ed. Okay, that's what I figured. Yeah, that's uh, good for them that they're doing that. Obviously, they're not very comfortable with uh, using soy uh, because of uh, the possibility of negligence. By the way, I had rats uh, eat through all of my hoses, and I had a BMW, which incidentally, which incidentally, uh, they don't make their hoses out of soy. They make their hoses out of very expensive rubber uh, because everything on that car is expensive. Three thousand dollars damage to my car. That's wow. what it costs to rehose the car. Wow! Because of rats. Yep. So exactly. I sued. I sued the rats. There was no one there to sue. But anyway, it's uh, you know, if they're willing to pay for half and willing to pay for uh, the new engine or uh, and rental car, oh my God, you go for that. All right, Rosio. Yes. Hi. Yes, ma'am. I have a question. I was working for UC. Well, not for UCLA. I was working at Ronald Reagan UCLA Hospital for a company that supplies them with linen, um, Tedesco. And I was trying to apply for for other jobs within UCLA, which paid way more than I was getting. Now, my boss, 
from Sadesco kept on giving them a bad um, reference about me, which wasn't true. And she allowed a bunch of like five or six of Filipino male young men to get the jobs before I did, which I felt I was qualified for. Now, what I did is I went and, uh, you know, I, I put a charge to the EEO. So right now I, I did answer the position statement. And right now we're at the phase where they're just, I'm waiting to, to for this claim to be assigned to somebody, um, a lawyer, not okay. a lawyer, it's an investigator. So do, I, do you think I have a claim? Because she basically... Well, hold on. First of them. all, well, hang on. She gave you a negative, uh, a negative recommendation, uh, and uh, they're going to ask her because you have this, you've made an allegation of discrimination. And when when she says, you know what, that's my belief. That's what, that's what I think Rosio is, is about. That's my simply my belief in terms of her workability. What do you say? I say that that is false. Okay, well, good. So how do you prove that's false? Well, I went to, to the human resource of the Desco, and they did an investigation. I have the letter that states that she did discriminate against me. Ah, well, that and helps. If you got the company that says that you were discriminated against by an employee of the company, that helps. Okay, yeah, I have that. Okay, that's great. That that, that may be it. I mean, you're done. All you do is uh, you play it out. If you have the company itself admitting that you were discriminated against, I mean, how how much better can you get? Incidentally, uh, they're Filipino. I'm assuming are uh, you're a white woman. No, I'm Hispanic. Oh well, then you got double discrimination. Now, was this for a nursing position, Rosio? No, it wasn't. As a matter of fact, I was just wanting to get into like CV. I mean, EVS. And cleaning. um, Okay, so that's kind of strange because, uh, I mean, I can see uh, discrimination in favor of Filipinos when it comes to nursing. I think you have to be Filipino to be a nurse. I think that may may even be the law where if you're not Filipino, you can't work (laughs) as a nurse in California. Uh, But just follow it through. You're doing everything right. I mean, you've got you have the golden grail. You you've pulled twenty one on this blackjack uh, game with that letter from uh, your own employer saying, "Oh yeah, she was discriminated against." But but I have one question. Okay, when I mentioned this to the EEO, they basically said that okay, that 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 case I probably can't cannot um, take to this go to court. But yet UCLA they see UCLA. Um, Listened to her and said, you're taking all my people. You have to stop taking my people now. But incidentally, she let all these Filipinos go before me and put a stop to it at me. Okay. I, I don't I, understand. I don't understand even what you said. But uh, the, uh, the, uh, the government said that your letter that proves discrimination is not going to be applied? No, it's not because this is – the Desco is based out of Greensboro. Um, Okay, I, I don't. Okay, I now you're confusing me in terms of where sorry. people are based, and uh, you know, sorry, I just uh, and I don't know the rule on employment discrimination when the company is out of state, and uh, I don't get it. So, um, okay, uh, this is handle on the law. I've been up for three nights at the motel under streetlights in the city of Palms. This is KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Bill Handel here. Welcome to Handel on the Law. Welcome back for marginal legal advice. Hey, John. Welcome to Handel on the Law. Hi, Bill. Yes, sir. Uh, I have a jury duty question. Mm-hmm. So, uh... 
there's a place I haven't lived for a while, and uh, I recently saw the guy that I used to rent from, and he gave me some mail that had been there for a while, uh, for uh, over six months, and two of them were uh, back-to-back jury duty letters. So I never responded to them, but I, I was a little bit nervous because it says some. You know, they try to scare you like... Yeah, they do. Be, yeah, right? no, $1,500 fine, they can arrest you, they can throw you in jail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can be sodomized in jail by Bubba, who's a six foot eight guy with the biggest schwantz you've ever seen. Yeah, no, I got that. Um, first of all, a, can you prove that you uh, have moved? Uh, well, I never did a, a change of address for him. I just okay, kinda, I, you never gave a change of address, so... Uh, you know, it'd be a good idea if you had a change of address. Uh, so, uh, you know, if they do pick you up, you say, hey, I moved. Here's my new address. And uh, I think you'll be OK. I mean, you'll still have to do jury duty. I mean, they'll contact you. And at some point you have to go ahead and do it. But uh, delays are fairly simple. Now, if you don't want to sweat it, you simply go to the courthouse. You go to the jury duty room. There's a clerk there and say, uh, I, I've moved and uh, I'll go to jury duty. And then you get to go. But then you're nailed for jury duty. Uh, All right. I hope that answers your question, and I hope you do get arrested, and I hope you do end up with Bubba as your new roommate. Uh, Hello, Bob. Bob, you're up. Yes, sir. Yes, I was arrested 50 years ago for grand theft. Mm. It was reduced reduced to a misdemeanor and then dismissed. Right. Quite question can i have that expired absolutely oh yeah 50 50 years ago hell yes so you have a misdemeanor from 50 years ago sure you can have it expunged easily can i have that done or can i do it in pro per do i need Uh, an attorney you know i think you could probably do it in pro per uh i wouldn't know how to do it i'd hire an attorney but then i happen to be lazy uh so you can look it up and just ask for the forms uh look at uh other motions uh, for expungement and sort of use those as a template. Sort of everything is out there these days. You look at the internet. The good news for you is that it's so old and it's a misdemeanor that no judge is going to say no to that. Very good. So it Thank literally is, they, yeah, just it's just getting in front of the judge and doing it properly, and then you'll get the expungement. Even doing it improperly, you'll probably get the expungement. Lois! Hi, Lois! Oh, what happened? I mean, what happened? I'm I'm talking to you. Oh, we're all, you're oh, still on the phone, I got right? Connected somehow. I'm sorry. Uh, we've already talked. Okay. We have, right? Oh. We well, we spoke, but then in the middle, I got cut off. Oh no, no, no! You back. didn't. No, you didn't get cut off. I hung up on you, uh, which oh. is very different than getting cut off. Suzanne, welcome to Handle on the Law. Good morning. Yes, ma'am. My husband took out a personal loan in my name without my knowledge mm. years ago. And I just found out about it in April after he passed away. Right, how ma- calling now- me looking for the payment. Right. Suzanne, how many years ago? Uh, two years ago. Two years ago. All right. Uh, so what you get to do is say this is fraud, uh, that it was uh, you didn't sign it. It was uh, you had no idea what happened, and you go right into uh, the, a fraud issue. Now, where did he take out the personal loan? From where? Um, they, she told me they mailed a check to our house. No, no, from where? Uh, I know I get that, but uh, which some, some, one? One main financial, whoever uh, that is. All right, it was a, a financial company. 
Yep. All right, you get to call them up and you say, I've never signed this. My husband died. Uh, this is fraud. And he must have signed your name, correct? He forged my name on the back of a check. Okay, yeah. and can you... Uh, he took out the loan in your name, though, right? So he had to forge well, the yeah, application, too. The check. Yeah, she said they mailed a check to our house with my name on it for 5000 Okay, but why Why? Okay, why your name on it, Suzanne? That, it, it was like a, a mass mailing. All right, but I'm not arguing that. You had to, someone had to sign your name. Is your, did your husband? Well, he did. All right, he forged your name on both the document, right. the original loan document, as well as the check. Do I have that right? He just signed the back of the check. Then how it. did you get a loan in your name without you signing? They, my name was on the check, so they just assumed it was me. Uh, I don't, un okay. So I here again, I don't understand. Hi, uh, I want to borrow $5,000. No problem. You don't have to sign. You don't have to do anything. I'm going to just send you right. a check. That's No, they mailed a check that said, we can give you $5,000 if you sign this check today and deposit it in your Oh, account. it was one. Okay. So it what got it. So it was one of those. Yeah. Now I understand. One all of right. those. Okay. Yes. Uh, I don't understand what those are. All right. Well, yeah, those are pretty sketchy to say the least. Yes. Uh, you're going to yes. have to tell them it was fraud. You're going to have to tell them that and, and do an exemplar. Uh, they, you send them, you say, I want an exemplar. I want to, or a, that I want to show you that it's not my signature. This was a forgery. Right. What did he do with the money? Incidentally, did he put it into uh, an account that both of you had? No, he gave it to someone else. Okay. So it all went, yeah, you're going to argue fraud and you're going to say, no, no. I, I never got any enrichment out of it. I understand that. Uh, it's a, yeah. I don't know if that really matters or not, but it doesn't matter. Fraud, a fraud oh, took no. place. Uh, okay, it, that's what I thought. Okay, but, so you call okay. him back and say this is fraudulent, and uh, I want to go forward. And uh, you may have to defend yourself, Suzanne. They may sue you. I know, but I know. Uh, you're again. All if you can prove it wasn't your signature, yeah, which should be easy to do. You should be in pretty good shape. Uh, and those, you know, sign the back of this check and you get five thousand dollars. Boy, you, but five grand that quickly? I guess they do credit checks beforehand. And then uh, they try to uh, bring you into their system. Five thousand dollars will give you right now probably a twenty-eight percent interest. Uh, this is handle on the law.